I said, what we're trying to do is pull the best part of a social network together, the best part of a whirlpool-type problem-solving platform, and the best part of a product review together, all integrated in one platform for the end users. And he said, I love it. He said, I'm in. He said... No, that was it. Yeah, so I said, I said, no much twisting of the arm. Well, we didn't really think no. it through because we had a great idea. We had a five <laughs> five star power presentation. We had no we had no money. <laughs> um, In terms of getting that really important safety information to directly to the hands of the end user, we saw a gap in that and particularly around equipment equipment's one of the biggest risks right on a mine site so just being able to have something where if there's a recall or a you know some issue on a piece of equipment or, or there's a, an incident an accident in the industry that is relevant to be able to just post that direct to someone's hand relevant to the area of mining that they work in we think that's a huge value proposition for the end user and yet the the readership and the sort of uh, thing that we're seeing at the moment is that's one of the things people really like. Welcome to the Beers with a Miner podcast. My name is Mad Mumsy and I've been driving the huge dump trucks in Australian open cut mines for over 10 years now. I wish I had a dollar for everyone who said to me, how does a little thing like you drive those big trucks? Oh, you must be rich. How do I get a job doing that? My mining friends are asked these questions all the time too. This is what started the Mad Mumsy journey to share stories and tips from living a mining lifestyle and to let others know what it's really like. Tune in each episode as I sit down for a relaxed chat, usually over a few beers with a fellow miner. Women and blokes with various experience, roles and opinions share their lessons and stories with you. Not everyone is cut out to be a miner, but why not? What does it take to thrive and survive in this industry? Now, let's dig in. Get it? Dig? Mining? I crack me up. Hello and welcome to Beers with a Miner podcast. I am Mav Mumsy. This is episode 91. Today, I am having a bit of a wedgie episode. I know the last one, I shared the first recordings from my archives from um, past recordings that have not been released yet anywhere and from about five years ago. So if you haven't listened to that, head back to episode 90, all about water carts and overcoming fear and all passionate and in the heart of the moment, you know, to hear them back when I recorded them is just not the same as repeating the passion that came with it. But today I am sharing with you a happy hour episode with the co-founders of the Torkin app, T-O-R-Q-N. It is freaking amazing. I have been in on this for a while now and it was so good to finally catch up with Troy and Brett, Troy McDonald and Brett Baker, and you are about to meet them from this uh, chat that we had and why they started the app, what the app does, and how can it help us if we're an operator, which was something that I was a bit, you know, because it's if you don't know, where you been, right? Um, it's about 
mining machine, well, not just mining, machinery in general at this point, and people can interact about what they think about the machine and any troubles that they're having and how to fix them. It's like a, they explain it so much better than I have. I told them that I will have already shared an amazing intro all about it. However, I feel like by listening to them share what it is and who they are and why they've done it, it will take you to so many different levels of it. You know, my couple of piddly words here, yes, they'll help should you keep listening. And my answer is yes. And the best part about the app, well, I don't know that it's the best part, but you know a lot of apps, it's um, free to join, free to download the app, and then there's in-app purchases. But for us, it's free. They do have some ideas, as you will hear, for some corporate sort of upscaling, upselling and all of that. But it's not about that. And that's what I, I, I really am so happy that I heard that from them because to see and hear their vision of where they are going with this app, like, yes, it's uh, machinery and, for me, mining machinery but they're also looking at agriculture and defense and oh they get these guys are just full on they're so full on and they were both underground miners they've come from the background of being undergrounders and um i've had a few underground people on and so it's good to meet some more because they have they just have a different outlook on life. <laughs> no, I'm only joking. <laughs> They're real miners, right? I'll be really honest with you. And to Troy and Brett, I I felt intimidated a little bit because I don't do corporate level very well. Um, but as soon as I found out, they were like us. They were miners, you know getting out there, family background of miners, and they're just great people. And we chilled out, had a beer. That's why I love having a drink with them. It helps me to relax. <laughs> That's my excuse, and I'm sticking to it. But for the guests as well, you know, have a couple or not, have a cup of tea, whatever. It just takes the edge off a bit. And I really liked how they kept bringing it back Yes, they have all these visions about the app and everything, but I really liked that they kept bringing it back to my world, my audience, which is you, Ryan, and what we can get out of it and the future vision of it and how we can all engage and, um, you know, get on it. Head to the show notes, madmumsy.com forward slash beers91. <gasps> Head into the tongue, head into 100. And you can see in the show notes there, and if you click on the link, it will help you to download the app or just search for it in the app store, T-O-R-Q-N. It's just freaking amazing. So I was driving home tonight for inspiration 
for this intro, I was listening to my last episode about the water cart and I realised that the first snippet that I shared, the first story of my archives, was about the Caterpillar F-Series water cart and it, it was an extract from a live webinar that I did and I had pictures and everything and so I was describing bits about the water car and I thought I'm going to have to go into talking and see if it's on there and I will. I'm going to do that now. I should do that before I release it but I bet it's on there and if it's not it'll be coming because they've got a team of people who are researching and getting all the information there and um, if you're a fitter especially, get on this shit, right? And if you're an operator, get on it too. You get, you've got wild pictures and um, all the information that you want. You can ask questions. And finally, before we actually get to listen to the conversation, I do want to say that they also have safety alerts and they they can, if you, well, when you sign up for free in the app, you say what area you are in and it'll bring safety alerts up for your area. And you create your own little, um, I had a word for it, I can't remember what it is, you'll, you'll hear it when you listen to the episode, but it was a loop. Oh, I did remember, hang on, I have a drink. <laughs> You create your own loop, and in that loop are all the machines you're interested in, and um, you can change it, you can update it, you can go, yeah, well, you know, I'm I'm driving Komatsus now, not cats, I don't care what's happening with cats, machines. <laughs> or you can come back to it. And then the beauty is it's global, and so you can – hear and see and connect from people all around the world who are doing it all inside the app, who are operating them, who are fixing them. The actual manufacturers want to know, you know, the stuff that we need to get fixed. You know, what is shit about this machine? And if people are saying it in Africa and they're saying it in Canada and they're saying it in Australia and all the other beautiful mining places around the world, they're going to sit up and listen, right? So that is my invitation to you. Sit back, grab yourself your favourite Bev and listen to this episode with Troy McDonald and Brett Baker from the Talkin app, T-O-R-Q-N. And you can bloody, like, download it while you're listening. Have a mooch around. It's so cool. And wait until you hear the future visions of it. So so it won't just be what we're operating at work. It can be, spoiler alert, it could be for all your toys as well, right? What sort of car are you driving? You got a farm? You got a machine? You got a tractor? And you have all that in your loop. Oh, my God, I love it. And you can't find a part and you take a picture and you put it up there and you go, like, what the hell does this bit do? (laughs) Get on it. Listen to this. Get the app. Love it. Highly recommend it. And um, I'll talk to you again at the end. Let's dig in. Get it. Dig. Mining. 
ha, ha, ha. I cracked me up. Oh, and before we dig in, I forgot to say, especially for my newbies or if you are still a wannabe and haven't got your start in mining, make sure you listen to the end where I hit them up about some of the other questions I like to ask people along the lines of night shift and rosters and how do they sleep when they're on night shift, you know, during the day. So it's really good to hear that here. I really enjoyed watching them reflect back to what it was like when they were in mining and, you know, working underground on the rosters and their favourite parts about it. So it was a good fun end, but also I really believe it's helpful so I'll be taking some snippets out of that and adding into my start date course as well. All right, let's go. Hello and welcome to the Beers with a Minor podcast, episode 91. I am Mad Mumsy and today I am chatting with Brett Baker and Troy McDonald, co-founders of the Talkin app. Geez, I haven't had a threesome since the one with two underground fellas in my donger many episodes back. <laughs> of course, <laughs> come on you. now, I mean a talking threesome, but seriously, welcome guys, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Glad to be here. By the time this goes live, I have already shared how freaking awesome you both are. So if you're ready, let's dig in. Get it? Dig? Mining? Love it. <laughs> Crack me up. All right, we'll start off with the most important question, which is, as this podcast is called the Beers with a Minor podcast, I like to start these happy hour episodes with my guests sharing their favourite beverage and also their favourite time to enjoy it. It could be a beer, wine, spirit, or perhaps even a cup of tea. What is yours? We'll start with you, Brett. Well, I go through phases and right now I'm on a Guinness phase. For some reason, oh. mm. so yeah. I'm, uh, I'm indulging right now. Actually, beautiful. We're sticking to the rules. That's what I said. Bring your bev. And what's your most favourite time to enjoy Guinness? Um, only days that end in Y. No, like in the yeah, in the evening <laughs> uh, after putting the kids to bed is usually a <laughs> that's that's the time. Lovely. That is that that is a good time. It's such a rewarding time, isn't it? But they're not asleep yeah. yet, so you can't quite like you know. It's not all totally done. Yeah, yeah you've got to be quiet. <laughs> How old are your kids, Brett? Uh, five and two and a half. Oh, lovely! What a great age. Yeah, it is a good age. Yeah, they're full of energy. Yeah, for sure. You got to keep up with them. Uh, yeah. And Troy, what about you? What is your favourite beverage and your best time you enjoy drinking it? Uh, my favourite beverage is Cooper's Pale Ale. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit different to Brett. Um, I enjoy um, to have a meal as well. He seems to be able to um, have his Guinness and offset the meal. So um, <laughs> I drink a lighter beer than Brett. Um, so yeah, Cooper's Pale Ale is mine. Um, 
And most um, enjoyable time to drink a beer is normally, um, actually, I'm a, I'm unlike Brett. I no, normally have to have a beer before I actually cook dinner for the kids and put them to bed because it makes it too hard if I don't have one before. <laughs> it's a good time. I actually used to like to have a red wine while I was preparing dinner. I am a beer drinker, but I, that was my favourite time for a red wine. But I've given up the red wine this year and that's why I drink my beer when I'm home in the wine glass that's because I miss glass. the act of the wine glass. What was that? That's a small wine glass to have a beer in. I'm only, I'm only little. <laughs> <laughs> it's a two. I get... I, I get um, pretty much two glasses to a can of beer. I'm a can drinker and Carlton Mid-Strength is my beer of choice or a Forex Gold, but I'm, I've gone more the Reds now. I thought you'd be a great northern girl being from the Clyde. Yeah, but I was here before Great Northern, so I've kind of ke- <laughs> kept <sure> my <laughs> – um, <clears throat> My yeah, exactly. But also, I find it hard to get the cans, only the stubbies, and I'm, I definitely prefer cans because, as you'll hear later, when I open my other one that I've got sitting here, I love the sound, the kach. That's my favourite sound. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I don't mind the Great Northern Zero. I haven't tried that. So really? I'll have that. Yes, if you ever have to have a, z- a zero beer. That's the best one. I quite enjoy that because then I can still have beer. But because if you if you want to cut down, and um, I don't want to have a I don't know what am I going to have a, a red cordial or a lemonade or a, you know let's have a beer but it's got no alcohol in it. Go That's me. <laughs> and you can drive. But today this is real. This is a real one. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get into your story. So. I'd like to hear from each of you, um, I guess, how you connected to mining and what you do now, and then we'll go into how did the app start and then what's it all about. But if I could just find a bit out about each of you, about your story and what it is that you do in mining and um, are any of you underground so-called real miners or <laughs> I'll um, I'll start with you again Brett okay um, well I yeah I kind of fell in well, I didn't really fall into mining uh, my dad was uh, been in mining his whole career uh, we came out from England so he was in he was long wall underground long wall mining in England and came out here and uh, we were we moved to Lithgow he got a job there and uh, worked at Clarence Colliery for many years, but uh, when it ended up closing down, he went up north in Queensland. I went off to uni and everything, and um, uh, and at, at some point after uni, I sort of was complaining about not having any money, and uh, Dad said, "Well, why don't you come up here?" And it was the boom; it was booming in the Bowen Basin at that time, um, and he said, "You know, they need young, fit guys, and just come up and earn some money, and then leave, and you know, set yourself up." That was the plan. Um, yeah, so I got up there and uh, I was lucky to, you know, get a job and uh, uh, basically just putting bolts in the roof, underground mining, uh, sh- shoveling belt roads, and um, yeah, it was an excuse to work out almost. 
And so doing that sort of uh, work for a while and then um, ended up doing supervising and ended up doing um, a bit of project managing and then, yeah, uh, went on from there and got into health and safety type areas uh, after a few years uh, and then ended up getting a job down here at Dendrobium Coal in Wollongong uh, when it was in a project phase, which is where I met Troy again because we, well, to be honest, we grew up in the same town but we barely, well, I don't think we ever crossed paths. He was a year ahead of me. So. Oh, wow. Um, and we yeah, lived, we lived uh, about three kilometres apart. Yeah. Oh, and I, don't, I don't think we ever actually had a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we, I think I knew of Troy, but not. Uh, I never met him. I said, yeah, we grew up in Lithgow. But then, yeah, uh, at the Dendrobium Project, um, we sort of worked there for a few years, and then um, I went into the broader Illawarra Coal in the training area and uh, looked a lot at the training system across Illawarra Coal, which is where Troy and I ended up doing a lot of stuff together because he came up with a bunch of good ideas to sort of standardise things and um, and, it, and said, can you do this for me? <laughs> So I ended up uh, doing a lot of projects that Troy thought were good, and and yeah, some of them went really well. So we yeah, I think that's why he ended up calling me afterwards. So I think that's the the quick story. I left Illawarra Coal in two thousand and thirteen uh, and started setting up indoor activity entertainment centres. So I had a climbing gym, trampoline park, uh, laser tag centre, uh, escape rooms. Uh, we did a skate park with a, with a, with another partner, but um, yeah. So that was the other thing that I sort of got into after getting out of mining. Um, until Troy rang me about two years ago with this idea. What a what <laughs> from being a underground miner to um, and a safety weirdo at that <laughs> in the end. <laughs> Yeah, right. A loving term of endearment, as as my sister says. Yes, she's allowed to call on that because she is one, you know. Um, but then to get into the trampolining and did you say escape rooms? Yeah, did, escape rooms, yeah. Yeah, because um, so the um, I bought the, the trampoline park, oh, sorry, the, uh, the, the, the local rock climbing gym. Um, and uh, it was a great little business, but it wasn't really enough to sort of pay a full-time wage. Um, and then I was looking for something else that would be similar, like would be kind of like it, and that was where I came across trampoline parks back when there was only like one other or two other trampoline parks in the country. Um, and we put one here in Wollongong and it went really well. So I was able to leave the job and, and start setting up just fun businesses like that with a, with a business partner. Um, yeah, that was really fun for a, for a long time. I still have uh, the climbing gym and the laser tag. I was I, I just wrote down. Are you still Are you still doing it? Yeah. So yeah, scale back from that, and you're focusing more on the talking stuff now, or or have you got gone into another whole area where I don't even know about? <laughs> no, I, I'm full time on talking and. Um, and have been for maybe 12 months, I think. We, you yep. know, we worked sort of for free for the first 12 months and then we, you know, um, I w- was able to start doing this full-time after. Uh, and <clears throat> I've got really good people, luckily, at the at the uh, trampoline park. So 
at the climbing gym and the laser tag and so they take care of things and uh yeah, yeah. give me <laughs> leave me the freedom to mess around on crazy startups yeah <laughs> so you like startups then bit of an yeah i really enjoy yeah I, I really enjoy the um building building a business it's, it's a, a i think it's a creative exercise you know it's like some people paint pictures and and uh, i really enjoy the building the business and start you know getting the products right and marketing it and and then i, I don't want to work there afterwards you know i <laughs> I, I barely even want to go there but um yeah do it put the systems in get the people you know trained and then and then let it let it run and i'm, I'm on to the next one which i think is why troy uh gave me a call when he had this idea and i'll i'll get on to you troy but it sounds like you know how long are you, you you're going to be off in a minute on to the next venture or are you planning on sticking with it or yeah. you've just got a bit of a time frame in the in the uh promoting processes well i mean the with with a, a like a when you start a trampoline park or a a climbing gym or something like that there's kind of there's a there's a definite finite uh, end point when it's just it's running like that's it you know it's it becomes business as usual um, and that's kind of I'd be, having done that many times uh, and especially uh, they're very limited by geography you know there's only mm. three hundred thousand people in in Wollongong so you get to a certain level of business and 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 it's running and that, that's it you know it's kind of it has that limit i would i was actually really looking for something that had much bigger scale a global reach um i was toying with a couple of other businesses like that um online training and that sort of thing but nothing really exciting um the thing about talking that's exciting is there's just the scale is phenomenal um so I can't see getting bored with it in the near future <laughs> um, because yeah. we, we, you know, I'm, I'm sure we'll get, we'll get into where we think it could go and, and the, the industries we would like to, uh, we think that there, there's value to be had in if we can get the app into those industries that there's heaps of value it can add um, that, yeah, I think that there's plenty of exciting work for a long time. Yeah, I can definitely see the um the way that it could go so many so much but we'll get to that we'll get to that but this is also good um for uh all of my people my my newbies my wannabes and my old timers because you need to have also a bit of a think about what your escape plan is after mining or even what you want your little side hustle that you're doing on your week off or whatever because um it it's good it's good to have that and if and if you're working and you've got some money behind you and you can do like that's what happened with me I do all the I paid out and did all the training and learned how to do all the websites and and all the things for what what I'm doing now so um it's it's good to you know what is it that what you know the entrepreneur side i'm a bit of an entrepreneur too so <laughs> yeah but yeah. have a think about what it is what do you like doing and you know what what 
could be next because you never know mining can just stop we've all seen the downturns as well and they're trying to move away from it but it's not going to happen real fast that's for sure coal ain't going anywhere in a hurry but um no, anyway that's I'd not like the whole podcast. <laughs> yeah yeah it goes up and down and uh, uh, but um, i mean it's any industry um it, it, the, especially these days things change so quickly with technology and all the rest of it and i think job security is a bit of an illusion really but much exactly, better to work for yourself it? <laughs> That's right, and as families change, and you soon sick of get sick of, as I say here in my region, going over the hill. You know, you just well, I just wanted to be home every day. I just wanted to mm. look at, <laughs> come home, have beer, walk around my garden, and I try to say, this is why I left mining. Every day I do yeah. that. So, yeah, well, we'll get on to you now, Troy. Tell us all about your mining journey, your story. Well, I was born. In a place called Lithgow, which is very close to where Brett was we moved to, um, so I was born and raised. I grew up on um, a thousand acres, um, halfway in between Lithgow and Oberon, a place actually called Good Forest. Um, so, yeah, so I grew up with a farming background. Um, my grandfather, sort of three generations of um, McDonald's in the area that we grew up. Um, but my dad was a farmer, so, uh, a miner as well. So he had the farm as a sideline and he worked um, for a number of the mines in the Western coal fields out there in the early um, in the early days from sort of early 70s. Um, he was working right through till he retired. He retired when he was 63 and then died, at, uh, died of cancer at 65. So um, unfortunately, that didn't make it through. But um, I guess I came from... That salt of the earth down to ground, uh, down to earth miner because my father was a tradesman all his life. Um, he was a fitter and he worked on basically most of the mining equipment in the underground um, coal sector. So I had an interesting upbringing. I wasn't um, walking up and down the main street of Lithgow. We had motorbikes, we had buggies. Um, I think my first driving lesson was on a Massey Ferguson tractor where my father was playing the paddock and he had a little seat sitting on the side of the if you remember the old massey ferguson tractors that had the big guards on the side he had a seat mounted there where we could sit as kids and um i think it was only about 10 might have been 11 uh he said oh you can steer hop in the seat and steer and it was the one with the old hand throttle on it that you actually set the speed um and i was driving around for about 10 minutes and he said i'm going down to the house now and i said i don't know how to pull it up um he said you don't have to he said we got 130 acres to do and he said it's going to run out of petrol before you need to get off it (laughs) (laughs) um then i went through schooling in lithgow so i went to lithgow primary and lithgow high school um then at the end of high school my dad as you do in a small mining community my dad um got one of his mates to line me up an apprenticeship as an electrician um then i really thought well do i want to be an electrical uh, electrician in um, a mine for the rest of my life so i ended up coming to university in wollongong and doing engineering um during that time i worked in a number of mines um so i did get a scholarship with the cfmeu um through my university at the time and i worked in a couple of mines in Western New South Wales. Um, then I graduated and um, I went in as a graduate engineer into the BHP mines it was back then and they still had the steelworks. I was a graduate engineer, so basically they put me in the darkest, coldest, wettest place they could find and then um, pretended I didn't exist because I was a graduate and then I had to find my way out. Um, so, yeah, no, I learned Straight a lot. Straight out of uni. Chuck him down there, yeah. Chuck him down the back, give him the worst, shittiest job you can find and we'll see if he crawls out. 
Um, but yeah, we I think was the turning point for me was when we got flooded. Um, we had a serious inflow. Not a, when I say serious inflow, I don't mean uh, dangerous in regards to health and safety of people, but in terms of risk to the mine, we had a huge uh, inflow of water and um, they didn't have any idea how to pump water. And um, I went in, I think I worked about two months straight setting up different dewatering systems and we basically dewatered the mine and saved it. And then I went through and I ended up being the um, manager of mechanical engineering at that mine and then I went over as a project manager and um, engineering manager at Dendrobium Mine when we built that. Then pretty quick after that, I moved into a general manager of projects and engineering, so I looked after all the engineering and uh, major projects for the group. And then at 37, um, the, uh, our current president at the time said he was going to retire and um, he said, I'm going to recommend you take over the job as president for the underground business here in Illawarra. So at 37, that was a pretty daunting task to get handed the reins for pretty close to 2,000 FTEs and um, a billion-dollar revenue business. And I did that for about five years. Um, then I did some work with uh, when South 32 demerged from um, BHP back in 2016. Um, I did a lot of work in helping out with that in terms of separation. And then um, after that, they offered me a job um, in a different role, which was in um, overseas in Colombia. Then I spoke to my wife for about three seconds and said, well, it's time for me to move on. So I moved. In 2016, mm-hmm. and I joined a smaller project management and engineering company, which we do a lot across the resources sector now. Um, and then um, we got that running reasonably well. And um, I, I was watching how people have a lack of information across all our customers. And um, I was watching um, a poor farmer, it was actually, he was up in the Narrabri area and he bought a new tractor. Um, I won't go into which brand it was, but it had a problem and he couldn't plough his paddocks. It was a $2 million tractor. Um, he tried to get a solution to his problem for his tractor and the, the distributor said um, it was an isolated issue, hadn't heard of it before. Um, and then um, he went to one of the media publications who did a search for him globally and it was a systemic issue on that piece of equipment worldwide. So as soon as that news article ran, his tractor was um, fixed in a matter of days. Um, and it made me realise that some of the people who operate and maintain this equipment are, are not necessarily having a voice and they can't actually share not only the problems that they've got and how to fix them, but um, actually some great ideas that come off the ground floor. And you'll, you'll probably know this firsthand, you know, people who operate and maintain the equipment um, most of the time got the best ideas about how to fix particularly some of the smaller issues, but also how to design the bigger issues, but they, they don't have a voice. Then I, I rang Brett up. I yeah. got an idea, mate. <laughs> and um, he said, what is it? And uh, I said, come and have a chat. So um, I put a small, I sat up pretty late one night and did a small presentation. I ran him through it. And first thing he said, I, I had a, the original name of Talkin was, um, I, I needed something, so I called it Faceplant because it's a similar social media platform to Facebook. Um, so I said, I've got to start this company up called Faceplant. And he goes, you can't call it that, Troy. Um, so he said, don't worry about the name. I said, think about the concept. And um, I said, what we're yeah. trying to do is pull the best part of a social network together, the best part of a whirlpool-type problem-solving platform and the best part of a product review together, all integrated in one platform for the end users. And he said, I love it. He said, I'm in. Mm-hmm. He said. No, that he was said, it. 
yeah, so said, said, not much twisting of the arm. Well, we didn't really think yeah. it through because we had a great idea. We had a five-star five <laughs> power presentation. We had no, we had no money. <laughs> um, so anyway, we um, then we sat down and worked through it all. And Brett and I, um, we, we threw some money in ourselves to get. Uh, we had to get a prototype done, and um, we got the prototype done, and um, we started testing the market with it. And everyone said, "I love it." Um, then Brett and I said to Brett, what do you reckon? He said, we're going to need a shitload of money, Troy. <laughs> he said, you're not going to build this, um, with, without serious investment. So then in, um, it was May, uh, May, 2021, we went out to capital raise and now we're, now we did the development. We're live. So that's, I guess the, the short story. And um, oh, so many, so many things. Um, the because the app is free, isn't it? To use, That's yeah, 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 yeah. And um, is there any in-app purchases? Not for the users. The like you only get ten comments, and then you've got to cough up money, or you can't. Because no, that's not- like most apps, right? Yeah, I guess one of our overarching principles was that for people to be able to have a voice, it needs to be free and available. So um, the general free subscription model is something that um, we started to develop from day one. Um, Down the track, we've got other thoughts in terms of how we can provide a premium subscription so they can create their own um, different functionality in groups that can you can communicate direct messaging and all that, but that that's probably about six to twelve months off. The main the main um, revenue model for this is is through the data analytics. So, for example, if we've got if we've got even five percent of the people worldwide that drive seven nine three dump trucks posting and commenting po- comments on platform, I guarantee the manufacturers will want the information that's coming out of our platform. So we'll develop insights. Um, analytics packages that they can subscribe to so they'll be able to get the innovations that are trending, the safety issues, the problems that are trending um, in quite a granular um, format so that they can make the business decisions on it. And that's what I thought, that that's how um, you're able to do it is is with the manufacturers wanting to... um, connect with so many people, A, A, get their feedback, but also um, if people are researching and they want to buy that machine, you know, like if someone, so it's also a way to promote the machines on there um, if they see that there's been all good feedback and and stuff as well. Yeah, absolutely. Is another way? There's a fair few things that we've got in the product road. We've got a really a three-year product roadmap, and um, I guess the next one is develop the company accounts and what we're calling talk on enterprise. So even though we are in the mining sector, the way we've developed the platform, we can scale that out into any sector with equipment. So, um, for example, the sector, um, they won't want an app like ours available publicly, so we can actually build a talk on enterprise solution that can be used where companies do want that more closed environment, so they share only across the people in their business. Um, so there's several other mm. ways that we've gotten the development roadmaps on them. 
uh, too public at the moment, but um, there's a number of things we're working on at the moment that we plan to develop over the next sort of six to nine months. You're welcome to, you know, any worldwide um, ex, ex, exposés or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Exclusives is the word I was thinking on Bad Buzzing Podcast. You heard it here for the first time. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, I just really love the um, – because, you know, I do – basic websites and everything but yours is insane when you know you go on your website and the app itself it's just so beautiful to use I just I just love it and I use a shit ton of stuff um of apps and I'm, I'm always oh squirrel there's a new thing to go and play with you know go down that rabbit hole and use that new software or whatever and I, I just love it. I love everything about it. And I also love the – and is that recently new, the safety alerts? Yeah. Or was, I've just was, noticed them. Uh, yeah, we, one of the things we've always said that um, we wanted to include in there is, uh, is safety alerts from both from regulators and from manufacturers. So um, – and, and Troy will speak to this as well. We've both worked on mine sites where, you know, maybe maybe on a like a morning meeting, someone some the the shift supervisor might stand up and drone out some safety information that you you barely pay attention to, and maybe it's your maybe it's relevant, maybe it's not. Um, but the idea with this, and, and so, but sometimes you know the regulator releases a safety alert. It's, it's getting emailed to the mine manager um, who, you know, maybe they're on holidays or maybe it just go they, they're really busy and they just miss it, that sort of thing. So there's real, in terms of getting that really important safety information to directly to the hands of the end user, we saw a gap in that, and particularly around equipment. Equipment's one of the biggest risks, right, on, on a mine site. Um, so just being able to have something where, if there's a if there's a recall or a you know the, some issue on a piece of equipment or, or there's a, an incident an accident in the industry that is relevant to be able to just post that direct to someone's hand relevant to the area of mining that they work in um, we think that's a huge value proposition for the for the end user and yet the the readership and the sort of uh, thing that we're seeing at the moment is that's one of the things people really like mm. and I also yeah. love that. As, as an operator, um, you know, we have to rely on that trickle-down effect, email from yeah. manufacturer to manager to safety department to crew to us, were we awake, were we listening, did they even read it, oh, here's a thing, we stuck it up on the board, oh, a sign, we don't look at them, you know, yeah. <laughs> there's a notice, oh, big deal, another notice, what's in that? And then, um, and, and a classic example is when we have a pre-start, and they say, right, now that ramp is closed. This is the like a, just a very basic example. Ramp 22 is now closed. So when you go down into the pit to get in your trucks and pick up the other operators, do your hot seat, whatever, you have to go round, down ramp 24. Everyone jumps in the light vehicle, gets to ramp 22. Oh, it's, it's just bloody closed. What's going on? Mate. <laughs> They just talked about it for 10 minutes. 
you, you're <laughs> half asleep or you don't care or you don't listen or you whatever, you know, all yeah. of the above. Um, so as an operator and as a fitter and, you know, all the other people in the industry working on the machines or using them, to be able to follow the machines that you actually operate and then see globally what's coming up, we could be the ones that are in the meeting say, hey, have you heard anything about that the brakes are, are failing if you don't get this done? And we haven't, you know, we've been saying this needs servicing for whatever, you know. Yeah. Very basic, yeah. mad mumsy way of putting it, but I can see it as being a way that we can see inside it as well and have a bit of control and bring it up ourselves or follow it up or just know, you know, um, when it's an operating thing as well. And the other, um, I guess there's a bit of sophistication in terms of the data in the platform, but when you signed up, you probably remember actually putting your location in there. So um, every user on platform geolocated worldwide. So if there's a recall or if there's a legislation update in, um, for example, Queensland, Australia, the regulator can post that notification only into the area that that um, regulation is uh, relevant. Likewise, if there's a manufacturer mm. who's got a product recall on a loader, a 988 loader, he can post that notice against that loader and it'll go to everyone that's got that in their loop. So our motto is target and specific and relevant to the end loop user so they're not getting bombarded with all the shit they do on the other platforms. I love that. And I have operated a 988 loader. Yeah. Oh, imagine, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think at 972, 972, yeah. is that another one? Yeah, that's another yep, one. Yeah, little one, 988. And then what was the next one, 996? No. 992. 992, yes, I was going to be trained on that, but I left. <laughs> and the same with the graders. I was on the, I was on the, um, on the H and the M's and they were the 16s and I was going to go on the 24s oh, and I was so looking forward to driving because for my listeners, a 24M grader, for example, Caterpillar, the blade is 24 foot. It's a great photo. That's I don't know. How they, you should have a look at Oh, I love it. I have not got enough photos of graders for my marketing. I'll send you one while we're talking. <laughs> Only the back. Actually, a fantastic post from someone in northern Canada on uh, 24 grader today. And that, yeah. Oh, wow. Amazing, uh, amazing sunset uh, that he's posted. Yeah, one of the oh. most beautiful mining photos I've ever seen. <laughs> Wow. Oh, yes. Well, thank you. I'll, I'll share that in the show notes. And the show notes for this episode will be madmumsy.com forward slash beers 91. So everything we're talking about will, will be in there. And you can go to that while you're listening to us as well. So you, as you're listening, look in your app and uh, look at the picture that I will put in there when I, you know, do all my magic. <laughs> That's great. Um. And that is the other thing that is good about the app. It's not just typing in comments. You can you can add a picture, you can write a comment, and you can also do a video, can't you? Yeah, they're not they're nodding for the people listening. They're nodding. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean on that, um, uh, Troy's probably got more stories about this, but I remember when I was a safety weirdo, 
at um, the <laughs> at, uh, Illawarra Coal. I think three times um, there were three different platforms that came out uh, that were collaboration platforms, you know, you, that the, the department tried to encourage us to use. And, um, you know, the, you had to try to log on to them and then you had, you had to do training on them first to figure out how to, how to use them. And then, then you had to log in and then you had to remember what the what the address was to try to do it and then and and it was just uh, so clunky and sit there and type something out not know if anyone ever reads it you know no one ever did it but, and they always just fell over um so that was one of the things one of the sort of key principles with this um platform and i think one of the things that troy realized is people are just they're so used to sharing information this way but they're on social media. Yeah. They're, they're, they're using it every day. Facebook and Instagram have spent billions of dollars training everyone for us. Um, we're very grateful. <laughs> but that, And that's the idea is, is that it's very familiar. You don't need any training. But instead of being cat photos, it's like stuff that's going to help you do your job. Or, it's proper cat, yeah. like caterpillar. <laughs> <laughs> you know, look, look at me with my cat hat on, you know. That's my favourite. <laughs> yeah. I'm a cat girl. Sorry, I interrupted. <laughs> I told no, you I'd interrupt. Right. <laughs> I, I use the old Dyson vacuum cleaner analogy. You know, if you want to go and buy a Dyson vacuum cleaner, you can go online and you can find thousands of people who have reviewed it. And there's product reviews, there's pros, there's cons. You go and buy a multi-million dollar piece of mining equipment and you Google it up and it's almost crickets, you know. Like there's, there's there's very little information available across the industrial sector from people who operate and maintain it, um, who are the people who actually know mm. best about what the performance of the gear is and what the issues are. So that's what we're trying to fix. Mm. I love it. And it's the little tweaks as well. We we're, were just, funnily enough, having a beer after work today <laughs> and um, I was telling the guys at work that, you know, who I'm interviewing tonight and all, and all that. And um, the old fella there, he, I don't think he'll listen to this. Oh, it doesn't matter. He's old. <laughs> He's <laughs> nearly 70. He's still working, loves it. Um, but he, he was having trouble with his mower and he must have Googled it and he found one fella who said, no, it has to be, and there's, things that are way over my head, but I hear them talking about things like dead centre, things that have to be dead centre on top but plus 16-something or others. It's like, why not just make it that? And so he found a fella and he ran through and he said, now, if you want to get this motor running properly, this is what you have to do. And and you had to have it set at this setting and this and that and he and this, wherever he was watching it, was saying, they don't tell you that. You mm. won't find that anywhere, but I've worked on them forever and this is what you have to do. And he's very mechanical, this fella. He's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and do it and, and that, that'll work. And I said that's exactly the sort of thing that this talking app is talking about, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, 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 the actual um, company name is very deliberate, <laughs> talking. I'm glad you said that. I hoped it was because I love it. Yeah, yeah, 
It's interesting, you know, like you, you talk about the little things that can make a big difference. There was, um, there was a person posted um, onto the platform was it four or five weeks ago now, and you'd be probably able to comment on this firsthand, is that the mirror settings on the large um, dump trucks in the open cuts uh, need a tool to actually change the setting in terms of um, whether they suit the operator or not. Um, and I have to call the tradesmen out between the shifts if they've got a smaller woman, and which is becoming more prominent now in the mining industry. And um, he posted on there um, some new mirrors he's designed, which is a joystick control. So no one has to come out. Whoever sits in the seat can adjust the mirrors automatically. And then it sort of started to gain momentum, saying, I didn't even know these were available. Is that, is that, and I don't know about the mirrors on the trucks, but that's something you could probably comment on. Mate, you can see me. I'm, I'm like screaming over here. That's amazing. That's what you need because the amount of times, oh, and there's so many different mirror styles and the older models will have two mirrors. So they'll have a, a smaller one and then another one on top and or the bigger ones now have one big one that's nearly as big as me. But if it just needs moving like me, I have to pull the seat all the way in so my feet can reach the pedals and then I have to have my seat pretty high so I can see over the dash. So everyone has a different setting, which sucks when you have to hot seat because you've got to get it, you know, someone's been in your truck and you're like, oh, now I'm going to take three laps to get it back right. But with the mirrors, they're so important when you're backing in under the digger, when you're backing up to the dozer at the dump and everything. And if it's skew whiff and it's, or the worst is when, because, you know, it's it's not a beautiful road out there. It can get rough as guts. And so you're backing in and you've got a mirror that isn't lined up properly and it's wobbling like this. Yeah. And you've got to get in the exact right spot next to that exact rock. Yeah. <laughs> so hang on a minute. I'm just, my eyes are tripping out here. And to get that fixed, you've got to call the workshop. You've got to put <laughs> your truck down if they ever sh- even show up. And then you might only be in it for a couple of hours and then someone else will get in it and go, I need someone to come and change this mirror because they can't see because it's designed for me. So I I love that idea. It needs to be that neat. It would need to be pretty hardy to be able to because it's the way the, the brackets used to come undone. I thought you were going to say that, we all need a shifter in the in the truck to get out and do our own brackets up, but we weren't allowed to do stuff like that anyway. Yeah, I won't. It's not our department. We're not passed out on a shifter. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> going to go down that rabbit hole. You know, but, um, I guess well, the, if you the do point, it the wrong way and it falls the, off. The point, the point <laughs> I make is that there's so many great innovations out there, but a lot of people don't know about them, and a lot of these small issues can be engineered out that solve problems for the operators and maintainers, but they just don't know about them. Another example um, from someone who's been on platform lately has designed a um, load sensing seat out of the US and they're trying to come into the Australian market. So it's not the standard suspension seat um, that's designed for um, a P50 sort of mid, mid-range person. It's actually load sensors who's in the seat and it actually auto-adjusts and it sets the dampening ratios on the capacity of the person in the seat. So if you're a smaller man or woman that's 45 or 50 kilos of, which I haven't been since I was about 10, 
um, then it'll actually auto adjust your settings. So they're posting some information about the products that they've developed in the American market that potentially could make a big difference in the Australian market. We just don't know about it. Mm. And that that's also, a, as an operator, a huge thing, as you see. Mm. And and knowing where knowing where the magic button is to make it go up and down, and to and then because I right, I'm having flashbacks now of getting out, opening the door, laying, basically having to lay down on the floor, and the you know to find the in the cat trucks. I'm talking to find the oh, there's some lever thing to make it bounce less or more. So a heavy person will have it and it's bouncing like the crazy and it's bottom, you know, it'll bottom out sometimes and that's bad for your back. But the ergonomics of it, and if they're not in there there with you, they think, oh, yeah, you can adjust that. But you can't see it. You can't even find it half time. It's like I can't find (laughs) it. I have to get. Physically get out and where is it? Because all the different models and, you know, you drive so many different models and everything. Yeah. So anyway, thanks for the flashback. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> what, um, um, what else did I want to cover? So when it comes to the pictures of the machines, how do you go about with the um, – permission to use those pictures from the manufacturers and everything? Um, so it's not, not such an issue from the manufacturer's perspective because the company actually buys the equipment off the manufacturer and they got basically got rights to that. Um, there's two things in relation to this is we've got terms and conditions for use of platforms. So people um, sign up to the terms and conditions aren't allowed to. Uh, we, we, we get them to acknowledge that they aren't allowed to publish commercially sensitive information that their company might hold. So, for example, if you work for one of the large major miners and there's um, some commercially sensitive information, we've got that covered off in our terms and conditions. And I guess from an information perspective, there's no difference in our platform than what's already available in the market. So there's there's nothing stopping someone going and posting a picture on LinkedIn or Facebook about that equipment um, either, but what the companies do is they do business codes of conduct, so they train their people quite well now in terms of what they can and can't do in relation to information that's publicly displayed. And we have acknowledged it, and that's why we're developing Talk and Enterprise. Um, so if they do want to be able to share yeah. um, safety issues and that that they want to maintain within their company, that's in development, which will be um, released later in the year. Um, so I think we're, we're, we're in a reasonably good place with that. I think that's um, that enterprise side of it. I can really see that how valuable that could be. Like for that mine site, you're actually allowed to take a photo of the grader on the on the dump, and this is what's happening, and it's stuff like that, and how they can all interact with each other. Um, The other thing you'll be able to do with talking enterprises, you'll be able to um, you'll be able to share. Like, take a large mining company, for example, um, that's got multiple sites in multiple parts of the world. Um, you'll be able to set up, for example, a seven nine three users group, and everyone worldwide who actually operates, maintains, 
um, or sell uh, or works on that dump truck can be connected automatically. So if you've got an issue in Australia or a problem, you can share it within your organization anywhere in the world. I cut you off, Brett, then, sorry. Yeah, what, what I was, uh, the other thing I was going to say, though, is it just because um, it is a, a, something that people sort of say, oh, how, how do you go, like, uh, can I put, I don't know if I can post about this problem or that problem. Um, and so one of the things we're doing with, with the app itself is putting training within it to help people understand what, you know, how, how not to get in trouble, basically. So, yeah, if, you, if you're taking a photo of an alternator and a, a pulley and something like that and you're not identifying the machine and, that, and you're saying, hey, I've got a problem with this and this screw is shearing or whatever it might be, I mean, most of, our, most of our, uh, uh, the people that we've talked to about this were senior execs in, in um, um, mining companies and, th- and they're sort of saying, oh, yeah, yeah, that, like we would never care. That that's a great thing. It's more if you say, you know, you you post a picture of the the, the something that's broken, and you say, oh, the long wall's down. It's going to be twelve months before we get this going again. <laughs> Hope no one's got shares in this company. Yeah, that's that's going to cause an issue. Um, so it's just about being reasonable, sensible, and reasonable. Probably making sure that if you're taking photos of things, that you're not identifying what it is. Uh, oh, sorry, uh, identifying the site or the, um, you know, the company. But, uh, you know, from, from every, most of the senior execs that we talked to were saying the value outweighs the risk. Um, you know, the, the value of collaboration far outweighs the risk of or, uh, of somebody going, oh, that's, that's such and such a site. So, yeah, I remember also, like, when if someone did do that, there's been multiple cases that I've both been part of and witnessed whereby people have posted stuff publicly. They actually it's it's a discipline issue for the person. They don't say to someone you can't you gotta go and shut down your personal LinkedIn account or your Facebook account because when they sign their employment contract or they come on board as a subcontractor, it may be everyone's trained in what they expect them in relation expected to do in relation to information. So I think that I think in the mining sector it's it's an issue, but if you move into the agricultural sector, which we plan to do, for example, those issues aren't as relevant because the farmers own the tractor um, mm. and the farmers operate the tractor, so they haven't got the big corporation that has regulations around what they can and can't do with this stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, and obviously, and like you say, with the discipline side of it, for my listeners, if you didn't know, like. Part of what you the all the inductions and everything that you'll go through, they now have social media policies. Correct. And um, you know what what you can and can't do, and um, and then it's are you even allowed to have a phone? So on site. So if you're not even meant to have a phone and you're posting photos, but they are the sort of things that you should already know. So the people who are taking the photos, like fitters and all of them most of them have phones anyway when they're out in the pit and stuff because they've got to be able to get on and do all the things so um and different sites it's it's a matter of your side as well but the discipline side of it is yeah they can't shut down your linkedin post but they could fire you if you if you do the wrong thing so um uh 
and what I love is that you get the choice of you can you can make a comment. So you can see a picture and you can make a comment. You don't have to take another picture, you know. Um, but it's it's good that it's upfront in your terms and conditions when you sign up and and all of that as well. And it's all I. It's also good that you've spoken to mine execs about it because that was a big part of me. I I just found a letter that I wrote to one of the big Bowen Basin peeps. All I wanted was a photo of me in front of a 797 that I was officially allowed to use for all of this. Never got it. And then I went home to that other place I was telling you about and uh, they let me take my camera on site and I got photos of me with the water card and me with trucks that were smaller trucks that um, I won't say what sort because that would say <laughs> but um and then what I did was I I took the uh, company logo off in Photoshop and then sent that through and I got official approval to be able to use all of those photos and in fact they gave me a USB full of heaps of other photos that I had full permission to use um in all of my courses and everything and so th- that was great, but I was like, I was only yesterday or day before where I was thinking, and I gave that letter to this supervisor, that supervisor, anyone I could at that site, and they loved everything that I was doing, but I, they, no one could officially say, yeah, you can have a photo with a truck that you can use. It was a joke, yeah, you know. So, but it's real. It's it's a big thing, and I don't want um, my peeps getting fired for taking photos they shouldn't. So it's a yeah, good lesson for that. Yeah, we acknowledge that coming from, a, I guess, a large mining company background. That was one of the things that we flagged up very early in the piece. Um, it is different in other sectors, like like I said. So the platform we've designed is about open, transparent communication of information and the, the companies will deal with the confidentiality issues the way they do with other social platforms. But we think there's a huge value opportunity here for them to have a token enterprise solution where they still see all the external stuff come in. So they'll still get the safety regulations, the product alerts. They'll still see everything from other parts of the world that's coming in, but they will be able to control what is released publicly um, from their employees. Mm, yeah, that's huge. And so what other industries are you thinking of moving into? You mentioned agriculture. Um, we're working on that's, that's, yes. So the next that's sector, a big one. the next sector that we go into will be construction because most of the equipment that's used in the mining sector is pretty pretty consistent in the construction sector, um, and they're all the same color. Uh, the, like the, the, the demographic of the construction industry is very similar to mining. You know, they're big, heavy, yellow pieces of equipment. Um, so that'll be next. That's probably um, in the next three or four months. Um, then we've got a decision to take whether we go into agriculture um, or aviation um, or defence. It will really just depend on um, the market pull for it at the moment. There's there's a big pull from the agriculture sector. I think, Brett, we're getting um, hits on our website saying, when are you coming into agriculture, when are you coming into agriculture? But um, when you go into agriculture, it's not like the mining sector where there's a lot of the same piece of equipment everywhere in the world. Um from sort of four or five major manufacturers, I think we got 3,800 pieces of equipment on platform now. In the agriculture sector, you're probably talking more like fifty to 60,000 pieces of equipment we need to configure. Um, and that, <gasps> that, that's a big job. 
Yeah. Yeah. But we're working on it. And who, who does that come down to? Do you, 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 I saw on your website you've you've got a team of people and a, um, who are doing all that that sort of stuff, uploading all the machines and the information, and you guys yeah. don't do that till midnight or anything, do you? No. You- <laughs> <laughs> got to check it, unfortunately, which is uh, yeah, and and setting up yeah. the um, setting up the loop, like trying to set up the loops that in a way that makes sense, so that when someone subscribes into what we call their loop, which is um, their area of work. So it might be, you know, mining um, underground coal and then development and long wall or something like that, making sure that, that, that what then they see in their um, news feed is, is the information relevant to those pieces of equipment that are relevant to that area and not, uh, mm. you know, surface mining excavators and drag lines and that sort of thing. They're seeing underground long wall and development equipment. Um, they can all, you know, they, and then for them to be able to go and add whatever they want. But someone in the back, in the sort of admin side has got to sit there and say, yeah, that that goes here, here and here. Um, and that's a, that's a big job. And we're still working it's a on big that. job. The vision for the product is, I'll give you a very... I guess, blue sky view of where I think this will go is that if you're working on mobile equipment in the iron ore sector in Western Australia, you set up your loop profile that way and you'll see all the equipment in your uh, area. But if you've got a jet ski, you've got a caravan, you've got a Ford Ranger and you're like um, four-wheel driving, um, plus you've got four or five other pieces of kit outside the mining sector, you'll be able to go and search them up and pull them into your loop. So you've got a very customised set of equipment that's for you personally so once we get all the other sectors configured you'll be able you'll be able to go and if you i use a i use the example I'm, I'm, i work on the long wall in an underground coal mine but I, i've also got a ford ranger um i've got a i've got a caravan i like i've got a yeah i've got a jet ski and i've also got a, a little farm that i've got a massey ferguson tractor you'll be able to search all that equipment up independently and then bring that into your loop. So your loop's not only what we've configured, it's stuff that you can bring into it. Mm, I love that. I love that, how you can really personalise it. Yeah. It's good. Oh, right. I told you that I would swear, but I'm going to say it's fucking brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. Right? Nice. Drop the mic. It's so good. I love it. I really do. And it's just so professional to use as well. And there's always new machines coming on all the time. Is and when and um, I noticed today that when you go in, oh, that might have been on the no, I think that was on the website where there's this scrolling numbers of all the machines that are on there, the users that are on there, and how how yeah. it's grown. Is that's on the yeah, website, it's isn't it? Growing so quickly, um, we're getting yeah yeah uh, you know every day I get two or three emails of people requesting equipment uh, to be added to the database, which yeah yeah so we uh, we've got like a couple of people who are just basically getting pictures together and information together and uploading equipment so that people can then start posting reviews or um, or comments or whatever whatever they want to post against this, against their equipment. And this is not just yeah. Australian companies like um, these are companies from the US, 
think one was from mining equipment manufacturer in Germany. So they're all over the world now. Mm. And like you said before about the best mining picture you've ever seen, I can't wait to see that. The greater. <laughs> Where was that from? I that could, was overseas, I wasn't I it? Haven't, I haven't got your mobile number, but I could. I can actually SMS you that post and I'll take you straight back into it. Oh, the post on the app. Yeah, if I, I, I don't know. Yes. You don't oh, so you can out, share a post off. You can SMS a post to anybody, yeah. Ah, oh, stop it. I didn't know that. Did I know that? I don't know if I knew that. <laughs> if you put your. Oh, if you, you know if what you it put, is time for? You know, that's a beer moment, that is. Did Mumsy know that? I don't know. Hang on a sec. Here's my favourite sound in the world. I will send you the picture of that. Twenty. If you sent, put your phone number in the comment section, I'll demonstrate how quick and flexible this is. I'll actually text you. So I've just sent you an SMS out of the platform that will give you an SMS notification. Um, check out this post. Check out this post about operating the 16 motor grader on Torkin. And now I click on that. Oh, yes. But what you can do is you can click on a post and you can SMS a post to anyone. Yeah. Yes. So like my old mate who was talking about, well, pretend it wasn't a mower, it was a his tractor. Yeah. Until you've got mowers. <laughs> oh, I got off of it. Um and I could say, hang on a minute, I'll have a look in my talking app and then I'll send him a message and say, go there and have a look at that because this they're talking about this. Yes, yeah, so you just have a look at your in your main feed on your home screen. There's Next to the equipment, there's actually three dots on the right-hand side. Mm, of the link that you sent me no, or no, just on the home the, screen? Back in the application on the home screen. If you're just back in the main feed on the home screen. Oh, yep. Yeah. I am. That's where I am. I just, yeah, I can't really see it. But next, you know, it'll, it'll have a piece of equipment. Um, well, there's it's got my – or any – just any piece of equipment. Yeah, any bit of equipment. Right, yes. Sorry, I'm with you. I didn't – I was still at the top. So uh, 302 Excavator Caterpillar. If I click on those three dots, share review. Report or remove equipment from my loop. Yeah. So you can send that via email, you can send it via text, you can send it. Yeah, all the usual ones. Yeah. Facebook Messenger, all the things. <gasps> I love that. And what I liked then too is also remove from my loop. Yeah. So maybe I, you know, I don't operate those anymore. I'm I'm onto these trucks now or whatever. Or I've left yeah. my. I'm I'm back at my cane farm. Yeah, no. If you if you remove it from your loop, then you won't see any pictures or feed come up on it. That's it. But you can always go and find it again later because you can just search for a machine, can't you? Yeah, you yeah. just go back and you can search it. Yeah. and add it. Yeah. You search for it, then you add it to your loop. Yeah. So the it's idea is so to good. is for you to be able to completely customize it to what you want to see. 
And I do want to tell you what my, let's go talking, what my loop consists of. Hang on a minute. Where's the app gone? I need to find the whole app. There we go. My loop is mining, surface mining, coal, mobile equipment production. Yeah, and see, might be and see what there. loop you're in because if I go to your profile and you just hit about, you can see who, what loop people are sitting within. So if you click oh, any person's picture that's commented, yeah, if you just click over their picture, it'll All take right, you into their one. profile. And if you go about, this guy's, yeah, this person is from Texas, USA. Yeah. So you can see where Post they are. comments and about. Yeah, they've got the same mining, surface mining, iron ore, mobile equipment. And you can see their comments and any posts. That's it. So, so the whole idea is you're connected. You're connected to people by the equipment that you use rather than uh, who you know. You know, so you don't have to spend five years trying to build a network you just you just say I use that bit of gear, and um, you're instantly connected globally to everyone else who uses that bit of gear. So and and it a, doesn't matter where you are in the world if yeah. you're operating a machine or fixing a machine; it's still the same shit, isn't it? Or, yeah, know, yeah. And if you want to, if you move industries, or let's say, for example, you moved out of um, surface mobile equipment into drill and blast. You can go and change your user profile um, in the platform and it'll automatically connect you to everybody in the Drill and Blast community worldwide now. Ah, really? Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you just change. You just sort of swap your network. But stinking villas, why would you want to be connected to them? (laughs) (laughs) They're like safety weirdos. It's all right. My listeners know that. I always call them that. I have many... Driller listeners. Hello, Rick. Hmm. <laughs> no, it it it's so good. It's so good. So you you said, Brett, that you're working on it full time. Are you full time yeah. too, Troy? Uh, no, I just do it because Brett and the team are set up pretty well now. I'm still working in the engineering business. I'm just moonlighting. Um at the moment, so I mainly do all the commercial stuff, and Brett and the team do all the product development and marketing. I, I can't really add much because I don't know anything about marketing. That's Brett's forte, and I'm not a tech guy. I just come up with the crazy idea that um, everyone back me on, <laughs> and then say, "Now make it go." That's it. Make it work. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Troy, Troy's the he, he's more like Steve Jobs. You know, he, his uh, Dan. concepts and ideas and. And the network, uh, you know, the network effect is constantly out sort of talking to people and uh, emailing Elon Musk and Richard Branson and, uh, and, and every, everyone and anyone. But uh, it's like you couldn't ask for more from founder really because he just getting the story out there and, um, and letting everyone know about it. it. And so we're getting attention from all over the place at the moment. Yeah. And whoever's doing your TikTok is doing a great job too. That's how I found you on TikTok through Mitch on mining. But it's always yeah. in my feed, and there's all, and it's fun, and it's 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 
Like they're onto it. Whoever's doing that. Have you yeah. seen yeah. the have you, have you seen the latest? Have you seen the latest mining boom um, ad, or cartoon we've done? I'll have to send you a copy of that. Oh right, is that on TikTok? Uh, I think it's, it's on. on everything. I don't think we've. I don't think we've put it off TikTok yet. I think it's on Facebook at the moment. It's. Um, oh, it's okay. Going out on Facebook. Yeah. It's. Uh, yes, you can send the, that. The guys, at, the guys at Mining Boom do great commercials. Um, you know, we sort of work with them to come up with a concept, and it's the cartoon characters, deep fried, and and a uh, bunch of other guys. So, if you haven't seen Mining Boom, check that out. I, d- I have, and I did see one show up on something today, and I'm like, oh, that's that mob, but I haven't had time to. So it's probably, mm-hmm. is it about you guys or about the app? Yeah, we've got a, we've got a, a few diff, uh, like two two different skits that are kind of showcasing, you know, how you like what the app's about, really, um, with a yeah. bit of humour built in, which people really seem to like. It's strange that, you know, miners liking a bit of humour. Oh, right. We're <laughs> hilarious. Just ask us. We'll tell you. <laughs> um, so is there anything else that you want to talk about? Talking. That's the new thing now, talking. Um, about the app that we haven't covered before I go into a couple of other sort of bit more lighthearted questions, just, just before we start to wrap up a bit, what do you reckon? Um, I don't think there's much that we have not covered. I think um, just in closing, like Brett and I, like just in terms of the application itself, we've actually designed it for the end users. So it was great to hear your comments about um, how simple it was to use and um, how attractive the app was because we spent the last 12 months designing it, not for the company. It's not that the actual app is not designed for a company. It's not designed for a manufacturer. It's designed for the end user to get the information they need and want in their job fundamentally. And the other stuff that'll happen um, is going to be outside the application. So I think I think that was really really rewarding for us to hear you say that it's actually um, hit that mark. Because the other thing uh, that you know we gave the example of the end user getting the information from, you know, first like a safety alert or something like that, sort of going through that chain to try to get down. The, the other way uh, is true too. You know, you get someone who works on the machine every day and and says, uh, you know, why, did, why have they done this like this? It should be over here and, that, and it's a great idea, right? So they tell their supervisor, supervisor goes, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll let the, I'll let the rep know next time they're here and, the rep turns up and, you know, it doesn't get mentioned. And, and so that it just never changes. I think Troy was talking about it before, about having a, having a voice. Um, someone could, if someone is working on a piece of equipment and then posts a photo and says, this is ridiculous, like you've put this bolt here and now it means we've got to undo all this just to change a filter, you know, what are you thinking, Cat? And then everyone gets on there and says, yeah, what are you thinking, Cat? Next thing you know, Cat's going to be redesigning that piece of equipment. Because, um, so it's got, that, that, that's the, like, two-way value proposition that we kind of think is, is important. Um, and, and Absolutely. And, and it's globally. It's not just from your mine or from Queensland. It's, they're saying it in Texas. They're saying it in Canada. They're saying it in Africa. Like 
fixes it. <laughs> that's, that's funny, actually, because we, we, we did have that, uh, that exact uh, scenario where someone posted a problem, and I think they're in um, oh, I think they're in Australia, and then someone from Lithuania helped them out. And, and, and yeah, that's, that's something that, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a, yeah, it's, it's a little bit like that, that there's just people who are just, you know, they just help and uh, they get satisfaction out of helping out uh, someone else and then, some of that, you know, that person gets a lot of value out of it and these platforms, in, particularly, it, it, I, like to, I like to bang on about this one, you know, social media is, um, it gets a really bad rap for, because it's, intru- although there's lots of benefits, it's introduced a lot of problems, right? So we, we were looking at it going, yeah, but what about if we could just use it for good? <laughs> And exactly. So you've got this. You, you've got this platform, which is, um, you know, it, it's like a social media platform. It's it's very familiar. It's very easy to use. It's it's bright and shiny and, and works the way a social media platform. But it's just purely focused on helping people do their job better. And uh, and so that's where we sort of like try to use it, it, it turn it around a bit. I think. Mm. And also safer, like with those safety alerts. And, and to see, you know, the incidents that have happened and I just read that last one about in South Australia yeah. inside that thing that was not oof, mm. not good. And because it tells you what it is and it takes you to the resource that that tells you, that has the full story, um, but it it's a respected um, like this was the South Australian safety bulletin people, you know, like it, it's not just fake news or anything. It, it's I, I feel like I can go in here and believe it, <laughs> you know. Yeah, believe well, it. we wanted to make the delint, like we definitely have that as a, as a, a kind of a key differentiator for that type of post for a safety alert. It's either by a regulator or by, or, a, or a, a, an issue from a manufacturer. It's not, you know, that, because there's there's news all the time of accidents and incidents in the mining industry, but a lot of the time they're a news report and there's, a uh, you know, what it's like. There's often a lot of speculation. So we, um, yeah, I'm not saying that we won't have those, yeah. Sorry. I, yeah, I don't believe it until I see it on the ABC <laughs> when it's on the ABC, then I believe it. Then I'll share it. <laughs> Sorry, I cut you off then, Brett. What were you saying? No, no. It's a, well, I was just saying that that's what we're using that safety alert function for. Um, so, yeah, like you say, that yeah, you, you know it's kind of coming from a reliable source. Now for a word from our sponsor, Julia Hartman and the Bantax Accounting Group. Julia's my awesome accountant. She's written two books with financial expert Noel Whitaker, and she's got a passion to help us miners make the most out of our hard-earned cash. She's got heaps of tips and makes sure that we get every cent we are meant to get and is right on the ball with everything. If you head to bantax.com.au forward slash miners, that's B-A-N-T-A-C-S, you can download a free booklet all just for us miners 
And there's also a spreadsheet in there that helps you check off what tools you have for your trade, like your isolation lock, work boots, seven shirts, all of these sorts of things. And you can weigh them up and it'll tell you if you qualify weight-wise to claim your trips out to work. And that's just one of the things that they've got over there. So I strongly urge you to head to bantax.com.au forward slash miners and see what they can do and find your nearest office as we come up to tax time. They're really on the ball, know what's going on with the tax department and there's heaps of other free information like property investing. If you really plan on doing some great things with your money, you want to do that, right? If you want to sell your house, can save a lot of money if you find out what to do first rather than in hindsight. And Julia, she'll, you know, make sure you get it right. And if you do it wrong and then go and see her, she'll <laughs> she'll up you <laughs> in the nicest possible way because she really cares about us and wants us to keep our money and not give it to the tax department. Anyway, head over to bantax.com.au forward slash miners and tell them Mad Mumsy sent you. Right. Are you ready for a couple of other, as we start to wrap up, um, questions? Probably maybe going back to your actual mining life because of, um, you know, these these sorts of things help help my peeps. I've just got to find where it is. Well, I know one of them. What has been your favourite roster when you were working in the mines? We'll start with you, Brett. Oh, and why? Sorry, did you say the, the most favourite roster? Yes. Uh, well, and which okay. ones have you have you done? Because you've probably done a few. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, I could tell, like, I've got lots of least favourites. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go with that. My, my <laughs> we'll narrow it down. <laughs> yeah, I think my least favourite roster was I first started, I started at Dendro, uh, sorry, uh, Kestrel. And they've got a conveyor drift, and um, it's about a kilometre long, and it, it, it's constantly throwing coal off uh, on, onto. And there's it's it's a dolly car that runs by the side of the conveyor drift, so there's a main drift, but it's the conveyor. Drift. So it's constantly throwing coal off. And my job when I started was we ho- hosed the under the belt and the conveyor and the tracks and everything with you know just on on 12 hour night shifts because it was quiet and they had this thing called the nut picker which is just a conveyor belt that was shaped like that and then it, you hosed it on the bottom and it threw the coal back on the belt and out again and so you sit there like it's freezing cold obviously like and you just on a hose and hosing the belt underneath the belt and the coal's going up back on and then as it's going past you, half of it's flying back off and hitting you again. And, um, and the, yeah, the roster was like six 12s and one day off on night shift. Uh, so that was my introduction to mining. And um, met, there was many a night so- when I, I, I was questioning my choice. <laughs> when I first as started. As many of us do. But six, six days on and one off and then do Yeah, yeah, six. it is. And yeah, then did yeah. you end up having a longer break at any time in that or was that no, just I did, the whole roster, that, six and one? I did that probably for the first three months that I was there because the idea was uh, when I started, you had to have three months underground that, that you were a clean skin, you had to be accompanied. 
and then you could work unaccompanied after three months, I think, underground. So they basically just shoved you in the drift, hose in the drift for three months because you were useless. And, um, and then after the three months of doing that, you were suddenly competent to walk around by yourself. But uh, You've yeah, never been yet because you were in the other bits. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Well, it's, oh. uh, the, you, you discover some funny things like it, you can sit down, uh, you know, your one-inch hose, uh, like one-inch hose, the water pressure in the one-inch hose, if you bend it up like this and you turn it on, you can lean on it and it will support your body weight. <laughs> oh, wow. It would too, <laughs> like holding a water blaster and it goes. Yeah. So you could just basically gently rock backwards and forwards like this, like, you know. On night shift. I'm with you. you. On night shift, I'm going yeah. To sleep. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was quite the experience. So that was probably my least favourite roster start, yeah. But, oh. um, yeah, I, I did some of the mine rosters, which were, um, you know, three days, two nights, then three off, then two days, two nights, then four off. Then that, And to, to be honest, they're quite difficult rosters, I reckon, changing, changing you around. You don't know if you're Arthur or Martha, do you? Yeah. You just And you have your pyjama Am I having breakfast or am I having a beer? Yeah. I don't know. What day is it? <laughs> yeah. It's... Um, I think it is better to be on a shift. That's my choice. Anyway, yeah, I'm sure Troy's done more losses than me. Yeah, well, look at what he'd done. And then he, and then he at 37, they asked him to run the show. I thought you had to be 50 by them with all those things you just sprouted off that you'd done. <laughs> well, I've had a pretty tough life, so they probably thought I was 50 in the way that I looked. <laughs> so, he's ready so, for senior management now. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, he looks like he looks like he's ready for that. He looks about 50, so we'll give him a crack. They didn't actually know I was 37, I don't think. Um, my favourite um, swing shift, I was on that straight out, I run one come at the inaugural induction period when I was a graduate and went on shift at um, Wonga Willie Mine. It's called Lara. It was called Lara back then. Um, and that was five day, seven hour shifts. And it was um, it was 6 30 a.m. to 1 30 p.m. So they were seven hour shifts, five days a week. So the swing shift, you'd be home in bed by two o'clock. You'd get up by nine o'clock and you didn't have to go back to work till 6 30. Um, and the best part about that mine was the seven-hour shift, there was about an hour's travel time in the dolly car, like Brett said. So not only would you get to work at 6.30, you could hop in the dolly car and have like an hour's sleep on the way in. You'd go to work for a couple of hours, then go and have a crib break, and then um, you work for a couple more hours and spend an hour travelling back out. So you used to be able to be able to pull off about two hours sleep during that shift. <laughs> That's gold. <laughs> and you've had your hours sleep, so you've forgotten everything they've told you in the pre-start meeting by the time you get down there, like we were talking about at the start. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, everyone, I think half the people are asleep before the pre-start, actually. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so was that your favourite or? Uh, that was my favourite roster, yeah. The, that It was pretty good. Um the only part was the Friday evening was the shittiest part because I was only young at the time and I was living with a couple of mates and um, coming off a 1,000 acres and moving into a big metropolitan city like Wollongong where there's um, things outside work to entertain you. Um, Friday night was a bit of a killer because you didn't get out till 2 o'clock. Um, but the rest of the week was great. You basically had nine hours um, of daylight to go and do what you wanted. Yeah. 
Oh, that's gold. Now, what about your old PPE or your high-vis shirts? So what do you do with them, Brett? Do you wear them fishing or I'm not mining so I don't wear my shirts or good for the garden? What are your thoughts on it? (laughs) Uh, I'm trying to think of... um, I'm trying to think of where they ended up. It's it's been what ten years plus now since I left Illawarra Coal, so um, I'm pretty sure two of them are in the two of them are in the dress up box, and the and the kids like to like to put the you know. But um, my kids are little, so it's pretty hilarious. They. They do a lot of tripping over when they try to put them on, but they they certainly do like putting on the. I've, I've got the hard hats and the helmets that they, they yeah they they rock around in those. Yeah. I, I must admit I'm a, a, like being an ex safety person uh, and having seen way too many incidents, I'm I'm the person who wears the safety glasses mowing the lawn. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, no, and understandable because. You know the consequences, so I got a I got a really good one for this. I got a really good one. All for right, this. go try. Troy's chiming in. I'm, <laughs> I'm a bit of an habitual cleaner um, and throwing shit out when I don't need it. And then when we moved from Dendrobe, when when we moved from BHP into uh, when we we're part of BHP, we went to BHP Billiton, and we went from remember the days when you used to have the dark blues, and then you had the this is the underground, then you had the reflective stripes and they moved to the yellow um, because of the um, visibility issues with the darker clothing. Um, I had my, we had to throw our uh, old clothing set out and we got the new ones which had the yellow shirts and the different reflective strips on them. I went through my cupboard and I cleaned mine all out and I took them to the Salvation Army. They got one of those drop off all your shit boxes and um, I dropped all my old PPE off. Three months later, I was at um, Dapto Markets, which is sort of one of those markets where people go and sell um, jam tents full of rusted pop rivets. Um, and I was walking around <laughs> the market, there was a guy that had a clothes stall and he had my shirt there trying to sell it. No, had your name on it. Had my name on it. Because <laughs> <laughs> they all have your name on. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Troy Dendrobium. Mine, and he was trying to sell it at Adapto Markets. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious, isn't it? Oh, I hope you bought and, it. And, well, and because I forget the underground too. A lot of did you have your your clothes washed, and then it was you like they don't come out home as much as with us with the open cart. Do they? Or back then, then they Not- didn't do your washing. Not back then. It was every man for himself, and I remember having to buy. I was living with a few people at the time, and I ended up having to buy another washing machine because I, every time you wash your ground gear, you'd, you'd you'd leave a residue of black dust in there for the next three days. So I ended up. We had at an apartment. I had to put a new washing. I had to go and buy a backup washing machine in the shed to wash all my gear in. Yeah. Well, and I'd believe it too, and I've got a whole episode about laundry etiquette and things that go on in the laundry. And yeah. um, it's funny how they had some of the washing machines actually had signs on saying dirty clothes only. 
It's like, well, aren't they all for dirty clothes? <laughs> but they were for the they were for real dirty clothes, <laughs> like the fitters. Well, that, we I think that's by, one. Like, what the fuck? What does that mean? Dirty clothes only. <laughs> they're having us on. <laughs> I think that's one and of the. the one of the most valuable things is when the mining companies, some used to do it, but most of them do it now. When they moved to providing a laundry service, it was gold. You just don't want to be washing that stuff yourself. Yeah. It's yeah, especially out. underground. Yeah. 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 We had to do, I I think there's some open cut that probably do it, maybe in, w, in WA. I don't know of any over here, but underground yeah. mostly do. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes. And, uh, you got any tips, especially for my newbies who've just started and wannabes who haven't had quite, you know, don't know what they're in for yet, which is why they listen to me. Um, any tips on sleeping when you're on night shift? Not when you're at work, <laughs> when you're at home and you're meant to be sleeping or when you don't. Black out the windows. Yep. But one of the one of the things I really struggled with was being able to sleep during the day when I was on those back shifts for a while. And um, if you basically just black out the window so there's just zero light, it made it a lot easier for me. It was just black cardboard. Take that cardboard to the windows. Yep. And what about you, Brett? How did you go? Could you sleep? Yeah, I've, I've always been a pretty good sleeper. <laughs> um. But, uh, yeah, sometimes falling asleep could be a problem. Um, actually, I only did this lately after listening to, you know, a bunch of stuff. But melatonin uh, is pretty handy if you just need to – it helps you go to sleep. It's not like a, a sleeping tablet or something. But um, one of the big problems with, you know, melatonin is like it's, it's on a cycle. And, and you know, so it'll, it's supposed to rise in the evening and then – uh, fall down but it helps you go to sleep so if you then you know you swap shifts your melatonin is rising in the evening that's the thing that helps you go to sleep um you know so you're trying to go to sleep first thing in the morning but your body's full of cortisol uh, because it's used to waking up and you can't go to sleep so you know even though you're dog tired um you can't initiate sleep mm. and a mel- sometimes a melatonin supplement can help there Oh, so there's supplement. Is there a melatonin? Well, you, like a, you can get it in a spray, like a yeah, right, like a mouth spray or something like yep. that. And uh, oh, I didn't yeah, know a couple of sprays and just enough to sort of help your body go. Oh, I'm, I'm, it's time for sleep and to go to sleep because hmm. you're already tired, right? But um, it's just that you can't initiate sleep because of because of uh, the funny hormone. Your hormones are all out of whack. Anyway, there's lots of information about that online. Well, and, your, not doc- and your time clock. <laughs> yeah. Just for time all your readers, time. too. Just, just for all your readers, too. Brett's not qualified at all to make any uh, no, recommendations. <laughs> recommend you seek your own personal yeah. support in that regard. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, Troy, these we have we have listeners, not readers, <laughs> on a podcast. <laughs> but I'll, I'll transcribe it, and then it will be, and then it will be for my readers as well. Yeah, well, well the GPT four could probably strip it out and create a summary of this in about three seconds at the moment. Once you put yeah. it online, so that's a bit scary. Oh uh, yes, yes. Well, yeah, that's right. It's all. Let's not even go down the AI 
or unless you want nah, to. Eat. We'll see. Well, no, nah, that's, that. that's well. another whole podcast. Um, I am aware of your time. So the final, final question is what is your special place? I'll start with you, Brett. What is your special place when life turns to shit? How do you personally handle tough times? What are your strategies to hang out in there? Like what's your happy place? Uh, uh, I exercise a bit. So t- uh, to be honest, if I'm having a tough time, I tend to, uh, uh, yeah, I like I want to go out and like run around or ride a bike or something like that. Uh, or actually, uh, but, yeah, uh, that's sort of if I'm yeah feeling, but I ride a motorbike as well. That's that is, uh, I find that that's very therapeutic. What sort of motorbike? I grew up racing mini bikes. Uh, yeah, we've got a couple. Dirt bikes. Um, Dirt I've got bikes. a Ducati scram- uh, Sorry, a Ducati Sport Classic and a and a Triumph Scrambler. So, oh, tri- Triumph my, Scrambler. Wow. Yeah, the, yes. it's like a big nice. dirt bike. Yeah, because. They Trumpies didn't have dirt bikes like when my dad, my dad, and you call, and it's called a scrambler, is it? Because back in the day they yeah. were scrambles, and then it changed to motocross. But yeah, that's right. Yeah, so yeah. these are kind of re- they're retro inspired um, uh, <gasps> bikes based on like you know the original scramblers of uh, the, like the Honda know, Elsinore. All those sorts of things. Yeah, they're styled oh. like those things with the high high pipes and. They're 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 the pre you know they're what uh, turned into dirt bikes I guess right but yeah exactly you know, they're, they're amazing two stroke bikes or four stroke uh yeah four four yeah mm-hmm. all right Troy what do you do when life turns to shit what's your happy place um, I guess two parts I like going fishing actually so fishing's oh. one of my great hobbies um, so usually. If it's if it's during the week, I'll normally go and throw a line down at the beach and see if I can't hook something down there. Um, but in terms of managing stress at work, if I get stressed, I usually work harder so that the stress actually goes away rather than worrying about it. So, um, so Brett and I had a couple of presentations <laughs> last week, and um, that sounds the- wrong on so many levels, though, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, but that's how you, that's how you get to be president. Yeah, exactly. That's why he is who he is. <laughs> where, where, where. Yeah. I was Sorry. just saying, is anything, though, really, like if, if I've got a project on at home, like if I'm building something or doing something, then I normally throw myself at it at 150%. Um, but I think in terms of downtime for me, it's probably 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 fishing is probably the, the best. I enjoy time with the, the kids. I've got a, a 12-year-old and a 10-year-old as well, but um, – that can be as hectic as work at sometimes. So sometimes you just need oh, a bit of time yes. on your own. Yeah, that's an interesting age too. Yeah, we didn't. I didn't get to ask you if you had kids. Um, I remember when my daughter was eleven, her teacher sent a note home to all the parents and said, "Love your eleven-year-old, for they will only be eleven once." Yeah, <laughs> because it was a real like it was grade seven, I think, down in South Australia, or grade six or seven, and it was a real. And all the girls were like turning into oh, little bitches, oh, yeah. which was the beginning of you know the rest of the teenage years that come. It was the first sign. Like I'll never forget that from the teacher. It was gold. 
And now they can bitch 24-7 because they got these things in their phones, uh, these things in their hands called phones that they can um, bitch all the time now, whereas back when we were That's at school, you, you go to the schoolyard and you'd leave it behind. That's it. There was, a, there was none of that, not even for my kids, you know, because yeah. uh, they didn't have phones or anything either. My kids are in their 30s, so there's, yeah, it's a whole different world. But my grandkids, mm, you know, four or five years old, sitting there. They, my mum yesterday on Mother's Day was saying, because we were trying to read the bottom of a plate, is that Royal Dalton? I think it is Royal Dalton. I've got a Royal Dalton plate. I was so impressed. But I had to take a photo of the logo so I could zoom in to read it properly. And she said, do you know, um, I won't say his name, but, my grandson told my mum, Nana, just take a photo, Nan, just take a photo of it and zoom it in. And he was four. <laughs> wow. Well, these, give, these people that are coming through, mate, it's crazy. Well, I, I went, took my son, I had to go to the bakery the other day and my son said, I'll come with you. And we drove up, um, there's a little food workshop just up around the corner from where I live. And they've got one of the old phone booths where you had to go and put your 30 cents in and pick it up and dial the number. Um, <laughs> or if you're overseas, you'd have to ring up your parents and see if they'd accept your reverse call charge. Um, <laughs> my son goes, Aiden goes to me, Brady goes, what's that thing? I said, that's a telephone. And he goes, he said, geez, you're stupid, Daddy. He said, your telephone's in the console. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Didn't believe me, wow. it was a telephone. And there's there's yeah. still our phones in there, and they're free now. I think because it was cheaper to make it free than everyone breaking in trying to take the money. And then there was the card thing because I listen. I like the ABC because I'm you know I'm old nana, and, and um, <laughs> Macca on a Sunday morning loves it when people ring from a phone box anywhere in Australia, and he, they say I'm out the front of the bakery and I saw a phone box. I thought I'd give you a bell on a Sunday morning. But I did, you talking about marketing and all that, Telstra, look where they all are. They're prime, prime, prime positions, and that's why they're keeping them because they're billboards, they're advertising that they wouldn't be allowed to put anywhere in the city, just randomly go and put up a sign. I heard that ages ago. It's like real estate that we drive past all the time with all the Telstra logos all over it as well. So there's that. There you go. Mm. All right. I'm going to shut up now, I think. It's uh, time to say goodbye. We could chat all day, and I have been known to. But before we go, <laughs> is there anything either of you would like to say to call this episode complete for you? Get talking. <laughs> oh, that's gold. Drop the mic right there. I love it. Get talking. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Brett. Thanks, Troy. Um, thanks, and, um, thanks very much for uh, reaching out and having us on. It's been really a really pleasure to talk to you. Beautiful. And uh, I thank you for coming on. And we had a couple of hiccups actually making it happen, but we got there in the end. And um, I will leave all the links to everything about Talkin, T-O-R-Q-N, Download the app. That's your first call to action. 
Um, but the show notes will be madmumsy.com forward slash beers91, the number 91, and everything will be there. And um, until next time, stay safe, be real, be special, and have fun, for we only live once. Cheers. Cheers.